0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to And There You Go, a podcast about life. Whether you're hanging from a cliff by one hand or laughing your ass off, we'll cover it all. And now your co-hosts, Addie and Chad. What a beautiful day out today. It is. It's uh, picture-perfect skies, uh, blue skies with some white, puffy clouds. It's uh, a decent temperature, a little on the humid side, but for the... uh, 3rd of July, it's pretty darn nice. Not bad at all. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Good. Yes. I'm just happy.
0: Well, that's huge. Yeah. That's fantastic. Go ahead. <laughs> ask me how I'm doing. How are you doing, I am Jack? doing ba beautiful.
1: <laughs> I think we're finding a theme going on here. I think maybe we are. Yeah.
0: And it's a beautiful theme.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs>
0: Why don't you bring it to the forefront and let us know what we're talking about today?
1: Well, on Facebook, once again, I come across this ad or something talking about the golden ratio.
0: The golden ratio? The golden ratio. I think I've heard of that, but I don't know that I could give you a definition of that.
1: Yeah, it's the golden ratio of beauty. Okay. Outwardly in people. and it's a scientific analysis they actually they, it, the egyptians came up with it okay and so it's very mathematical and they'll measure between your eyes or from your eyes to the top of your forehead or so they're they're getting these mathematical equations to figure out what percentage is beautiful or you know it's so this y- is, Yeah, so getting, no,
0: I know what you're talking about. I think I've heard something about this. Yeah. It's just kind of taking the ratios of the distances and, you know, the placements and just kind of the structure of the face and what is optimally the most beautiful.
1: Oh, you said that so much better than me. But I have a question. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Who decides?
1: Well, the Egyptians.
0: Now the ancient uh, Egyptians we're talking about, yes. not contemporary. Yeah, no, the they're not ancient. around anymore.
1: Well, I know. How do we and know
0: what they thought was beautiful is what we think is beautiful?
1: Well, because it's still being used, I guess. But then at the same time, I've seen things come up where they'll say this is what Queen Elizabeth the first really looked like, and this is what she looks like in a movie, and and. Beauty is defined in so many different ways, and there's so many things that could be considered beautiful. Back then, beauty was defined in a different sort of way, so I don't know why those mathematical things that the Egyptians came up with even
0: work. So maybe what it was is it wasn't so much that the dimensions and the ratios defined beauty, but what people perceived as beauty were these ratios, that thinking of it in reverse that if if i think something is beautiful and then i go measure it then that measure becomes the standard of beauty rather than you know that there that there's just some universal equation to beauty
1: well that's what the egyptians are saying is that there is this universal equation <laughs> for beauty when it comes to the human face
0: but what i'm saying is who defines beauty?
1: <laughs> the Egyptians.
0: Well, I'm kidding. no. I'm kidding. You're
1: asking, really, is is beauty subjective or objective?
0: Yes, and I don't know that I'm asking so much as I'm saying. Oh, okay. Because I, beauty is subjective.
1: It is. It's also. It also can be objective.
0: I know a weatherman. I don't know him personally. I know of a weatherman here in the local area. Mm-hmm who thinks the most beautiful thing in the world is the most horrific storm ever.
1: Oh, yeah. He gets so excited. He can barely stay in his seat.
0: I know. And <laughs> and he loves it when there's potential danger. Uh-huh. And to me, to, to, to him rather, that's beautiful, but not to everybody. Yeah. So in his mind, something's beautiful. In other people's minds, that represents total disaster. So th- I, that's why I'm saying definitively, in my mind— at least. Beauty is subjective.
1: It is. It's subjective in each person's eyes and it's subjective in different cultures.
0: Yes it is.
1: But I would say it could be considered objective in some ways but I think it's more subjective.
0: Yes I know people who think that snakes are absolutely beautiful creatures and I, I they in my mind they simply are not.
1: In my mind, they aren't either. (laughs) And
0: and so another example of beauty is subjective. Yes. And that's why we have all kinds of different Mm hairstyles, different clothing styles, different body shapes and sizes across the world. Now, a culture might have collective or uh, not necessarily agreed upon, but a common, quote unquote, understanding of what beautiful is. So, there are tribes over in Africa, and I don't know what tribes there are, where they elongate the neck.
1: I was just going to talk about that. Okay. You okay. read my mind.
0: So, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I mean, if you ahead. have something. No, well, I don't have anything more than that. Like I said, I didn't do any research on this. I just know. I, from I
1: didn't either. I've just seen it on TV. And to that tribe, that's beauty. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful for women to elongate their necks by. By wearing these, they're almost more like bracelets yeah. around yeah. their necks. Yeah, and that's considered beautiful. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look at that, I don't think that it's an attractive thing.
0: It almost appears painful.
1: It does appear painful. Or uncomfortable yeah. at the
0: very least mm-hmm. to me. But uh, but again, I'm not a part of that culture. So what, you know, again, it's, it's very subjective. Uh, and it can be by person, person by person. It can be, you know, from culture to culture, anything like that. So there's just really no saying that this is beautiful. Now, I think certain things that people will agree, most people will agree things are beautiful, like a, a sunset. Maybe not the exact same sunset for everybody, but, you know, they'll look at flowers. Flowers are beautiful. Uh, so I think there's, there there are any number of things where most people, would say that they're beautiful.
1: I agree with that. There's probably also some people externally that most everyone would say that's a beautiful person, mm-hmm. but you don't know what's on the inside, right? That can make all the difference, as far as I'm concerned. And John Mayer, do you know who he is? Oh yeah, uh, famous. I don't live in singer, a Singer, guitarist. He's very, very talented. I think some of his behaviors and the, some of the things he says are just awful. It, it, it makes him come off as a not very good person. Mm-hmm. But he did say something once that about beauty that I thought was just so perfect. Um, he said, if you're pretty, you're pretty. But the only way to be beautiful is to be loving. Otherwise, it's just congratulations about your face.
0: I love that. Yeah. I really, really like that. <laughs> you, we were driving somewhere the other day, and you told me about a quote that you had seen or a, a meme or something that you'd seen. And if I'm stealing your thunder, I'm sorry. But I, I'm trying to remember the exact wording of it. It was something about, I don't know how beautiful you are as a person until we have a conversation. Yeah. And I love that, too. I took
1: a snapshot of that from Facebook because I just thought it was so good.
0: It, it's it's really good. It's mm-hmm. profound. And I agree. I think that, you know, there's so many people in the world that might not have, you know, the Hollywood look or the Vogue look or whatever. Most
1: of us don't. <laughs> you
0: know, no, I know. Most of us don't.
1: Most of the people in Hollywood don't. They've got body makeup and all sorts of people who know how to do hair and yeah everything else yep
0: and I've known some really good-looking people who are jerks Uh huh. and me too. I think when you talk about human beauty I have to look at the totality of the person and a lot yes. of times to that quote or that meme you know, about having a conversation it's not until I'm able to talk to people that I can just see how wonderful and beautiful they are
1: mm-hmm. conversations of substance to me are beautiful I agree. That neither one of us are surface people who like to make small talk. Oh, no. That's miserable for no, us. it is. So when I connect with someone like I connect with you in a conversation, it's beautiful to me. hmm And I always learn something important, too. So there's also a power in making somebody feel beautiful. And I've got a story behind this. It was quite some time ago. My son was just a little boy. And we were at the grocery store. He was maybe four at the time. And we were finished. We we went up to the cashier. And she just, she looked really sad. She looked defeated, mm-hmm. kind of just not feeling good about something. And Isaac stood up on this rail and pulled himself up so that he could look at her pretty much eye to eye
2: mm-hmm.
1: and He's four years old and all he says to her is, you're
2: beautiful.
1: And he meant it. He meant it with every fiber of his being. He saw beauty in her. He felt it. She needed to hear that. She almost cried. Really? She did. I just think that she was at a point in her life that was really rough. She wasn't like a traditionally beautiful Person, Mm -hmm. But he could see the beauty beyond the exterior, Mm -hmm. even though he had to even talk to her. That was the first thing that he said to her. Never heard him ever do that again. And I didn't prompt him at all to say anything to her. He just did it.
0: And just imagine what that did for her.
1: Well, for a four-year-old to say that means the four-year-old meant it.
0: Yeah, because kids usually say what's on their mind. Yeah. And so, uh, don't have the filters.
1: Yeah, so it's powerful.
0: That's very powerful. I think ways that you can make people feel beautiful, and it's not just beautiful, but make them feel like they are seen. Yes. Because so often we put so much focus on the quote-unquote beautiful people and the quote-unquote average person is overlooked, not seen like that. And to do like Isaac did, to see that person is to see inside of them and see the value of that person for what they are, truly a a child of the universe, a child of God, just like any of the rest of us. Mm Mm-hmm. I, you know, I love movies, and I love movie quotes, and I often pull those up. And there's a movie, Avatar. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's really interesting. It's about humans who go to this other planet where there are, there's a native culture that exists there, a little bit more primitive, but much, much more spiritual than the human race is. And the way that they greet each other is not with a handshake or, hey, how you doing? They look into each other's eyes, and they simply say, I see you.
1: I love that.
0: Yeah. And, you know, if you can do that to somebody else, how beautiful does that make them feel, Mm -hmm. that they're seen as a human being? I remember working in recovery centers, and oftentimes it was the younger population, the teens, that really struggled with feeling like they were accepted in any way, shape, or form. Those that struggled, had issues with parents, and the way I could connect with them was to see them and meet them where they were at and really demonstrate an acceptance of them as they were, to basically look at them in the eye and say, I see you. Mm-hmm. And to have somebody do that, sometimes maybe for the first time in years, was an incredibly powerful thing. And I could see a change in their personality, a change in their, their demeanor, their attitude, their, their outlook on life sometimes.
1: Well, I have a friend who owns a boutique, mm-hmm. and she started doing nice T-shirts, too. And she looked for specific sayings that were very meaningful. Mm-hmm. And that was the first shirt that she made, is I see you. Nice. And as she was wearing it um, for the first time, she went out back of her boutique. You know, there's the alley, mm-hmm. and there was a man sleeping on top of a dumpster, and he looked. He he kind of half got up and looked at her and saw her shirt and thanked her. He said, "I see your shirt. Thank you."
0: Wow. Yeah. And so many times we walk past people like that. Mm -hmm. I can only imagine somebody who's been living on the streets, sleeping on dumpsters, eating out of dumpsters, how, and I'm not, I don't want to put words into their mouths, but how ugly I might feel. Ugly in the sense of a human being, if I were like that. And to have somebody come along and realize the worth of, that I have as a human being, despite my circumstances, despite my physical appearance. powerful, Very powerful. It is. And I think the world could use more of that.
1: Definitely we could use more of that.
0: When we were preparing for this podcast, we talked about all the different ways that beauty can manifest itself in life. And you're a musician, Mm -hmm. and I'm a musician. So music is really important to us, and I know that we can find... Beauty and music. And people find beauty and music in different ways. And find, you know, much as physical human appearance, music can be beautiful to people in different ways. And different music can be beautiful. You got the headbangers who are in the mosh pits beating the crap out of each other, you know, and, and having a gas, or you have somebody sitting in concert hall listening to the most beautiful music by Mozart or, or Bach. <laughs> or every time I say that, I think of Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. <laughs> Sorry, but but y- you've shared some things about what music does for you at times.
1: Well, having been a musician all my life, and now I have children who are music was was one of my most important things in my life. Mm-hmm. And if I w- was upset, I would sit down and play the piano or sing or whatever but music soothes me mm-hmm. it's like water and sand and there's so much beauty like you said and so many different kinds of music and i was invited to a lyle lovett concert a number of years ago and i kind of went dragging my feet mm-hmm. because i was thinking oh twangy country you know i don't i just don't enjoy that kind of music mm-hmm. But I don't think I knew Lyle Lovett the way that I should have because when I got to that concert, it wasn't just him. He had all his backup singers. He had the instrumentalists, everything. And one song started with the most beautiful piano intro mm-hmm. that I could was tears were rolling down my face, and I could not speak.
0: It moved you that much. It
1: moved me that much. Yeah. And and a friend beside me kept saying, which kind of ruined it for me, and <laughs> you know, kept saying, are you okay? Are you okay? I couldn't even say, yes, I'm okay. I could not say anything. I was just so full of emotion because mm-hmm. the music was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I went to the Phantom of the Opera. Uh, I've been there several times. But the first time that I went, the lead female hit a note that was so pure that I started to cry.
0: One single note.
1: One note. Now, not everybody can understand that. But I just, I hear music. In a different way maybe than some people do. I don't know.
0: Or it resonates with you literally in a different way uh, emotionally, psychologically. It, uh, it does. Sometimes you can even feel it. You know, the feel oh. the music, the, the, the vibrations. And so it, it can have an effect on you like that as well. Right. And I think to your point, maybe not everybody hears it that way. And so, you know, it's again, it comes back to that subjectivity of beauty. Mm-hmm. But for you, it was incredibly powerful, incredibly beautiful. Mm, yeah. A single note. And that that actually, that is really intriguing to me. I don't know that I've ever had that happen. I've had music move me.
1: That happened to me with a piece of art one time. Really? Yes. I was, I think I was in the Hawaiian Islands, and they have a lot of art there, a lot of galleries, and there was this piece of art, I can't even explain it exactly, but it was almost like a Rubik's Cube.
0: So more of a sculpture rather than a painting type?
1: um, Yeah, it was glass or or crystal, and it would be on one point on a bottom crystal thing, and it moved around and around i can't explain it well enough to make anybody understand it but when the person in the art gallery did that to show me
2: Mm -hmm.
1: i cried it was that beautiful
0: wow art
1: writings music are so important to me and i find so much beauty
0: Mm -hmm. in in that Mm -hmm. and
1: then of course nature like we've talked about, sand, water, that kind of thing. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. I want to go back to um, my time working with young people in recovery. And one of the big kind of foundational elements of recovery in, in a lot of cases is uh, a turn towards spirituality. And spirituality can be all kinds of different things to do all kinds of different people. And people find beauty in their faith and in their religion and in spirituality. Now, spirituality is different than religion, and I'm not going to go into that right now. But because spirituality was a big part of that and the notion of having a higher power in recovery, it was was something that for young kids especially, uh, they struggled with understanding well, how do I find a higher power? How do I become spiritual? And I would use the example of, uh, or the thought, the thought exercise of, have you ever gone out and uh, seen a sunset? And you just stand there in absolute awe, and you're doing nothing but experiencing the magnitude, the magnitude of the beauty that you're seeing in front of you. Yeah. And to a T, they go, yeah, I've seen that before. And I said, that's the start of spirituality right there. The beauty of nature can be the start of your spirituality. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it, it invokes a very emotional response. I think a lot of beautiful things like you just talked about, music, art, writings, can, can invoke this, this emotional response. That we have, which is something I think is obviously uniquely human.
1: Mm-hmm. With a writing, if it speaks to you, there's beauty in it. There's beauty in love. Oh yeah. There's there the most beautiful love is the unconditional love, and I think, in in my personal opinion, the only people that can experience unconditional love is what they experience from their parents, usually.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because no matter what my children would ever do or say, it nothing could make me not love them. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's just a, a special kind of love that's even beyond beauty. When my kids were born, I mean, I loved them before they were even born. Mm-hmm. But then you you feel it. Is it the, right. the beauty of birth? Yeah, thirty one hours of labor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I put that in the the beauty column, but uh, yeah. certainly the outcome of that the that outcome. time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know. But
1: also, I found love when I found you. That's good. And <laughs> I'm glad. Well, and to me, that's that's beautiful. Because I thought I was in love at certain times in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I see that I loved to the person who I thought the person was or how that person presented themselves to me. Yeah. That's that's not even love, let alone beautiful love. But the love that I have for you, so that I know you outside you're a beautiful person, but inside mm-hmm. you're even more beautiful.
0: And I think that's exactly the same for me with you. It started right at the get-go. And we've talked a little bit before about how we met. And it was the dialogue that we had first by text and then in person. And as we got to know each other, it kept getting deeper and deeper. And I could just see this absolutely beautiful soul in you. I can look you in the eye and say, I see you. And it reverberates through my whole body, this beauty, this connection, this beautiful, wonderful connection that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing.
1: And, and who knows, maybe a lot of people have it. I, I hope so. I hope they do. I really do. If you don't look for it, it's there with somebody.
0: Yeah, I think um, as you were talking about unconditional love, I thought about somebody uh, like firefighters, first responders, or even just good Samaritans who step into situations to save somebody at the risk of their own life. And that's a form of love. It's, I was going to say that's kind of unconditional love, but that's not unconditional love. It's selfless love for somebody else. And you don't see it as love, but it's this profound sense that that human has so much value that you're willing to risk your life for them. It was just a thought that flit through my head um, as you were talking about unconditional love, and I just wanted to raise that up and really think about that. It's akin to uh, you know ha- giving somebody some money on the street or buying them a sandwich. There's a lot of different perspectives on providing charity and, and whether somebody's trying to scam you or not or you know whatever. But set that aside and and think you know somebody that's really and truly in need, and if you reach out to help them that's a form of love and that's a beautiful kind of love yes. there's no there's no reciprocity expected
1: that's the thing is that when i do things i like to do something for somebody and i don't need them to know it was me mm-hmm. i think if if you're doing something for somebody and expecting something in return you're doing business agreed and that's where the not beautiful words like, after all I've done for you, that mm-hmm. kind of thing that can be so toxic. Yes. I just think it's very beautiful to be able to do things for people and they don't even know.
0: Yeah. I think that um, if I generalize that, you know, it, it may not be love, may be compassion, but it's it's something along those lines that there's, there's a love for humanity in general, if you are willing to reach out and help somebody Mm -hmm. and expect nothing in return.
1: Beauty in personality, kindness, compassion, empathy, a sense of humor, all of those kinds of
0: things. Absolutely.
1: And I think there's beauty in resilience. We've shared some of our experiences, but our audience will hear more.
0: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You give yourself some credit for the days that you made it when you thought that you weren't going to make it, that's beautiful. That's resilience, and it's beautiful resilience. Mm-hmm. There are lots of moments where you don't think you're going to survive than you do. And to watch somebody go from depressed, sad, disheartened to happy and full of hope and all those kinds of things. There's a beauty in watching that. Mm -hmm. We do that our whole lives, just like the roller coaster ride.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's
1: what life is.
0: Yeah. There's beauty in seeing someone come alive. Yeah. Come into their own, whatever that looks like, wherever they started from. And you and I have both seen people, and we have been people who have been in some very dark places at some very deep depths and i've seen so many of them in the recovery work that i've done and we've seen people in our own lives where they find some way to grow and to become something so much more than what they were and there's so much beauty in that mm-hmm. in in being able to come back from whatever may be and then your affliction
1: yeah your affliction i'm sorry i didn't no mean that's to okay interrupt, but, go for it um it just it gave me another thought That there's, when you are resilient, when you've been through all of that, and there's the beauty in pulling yourself out of it, there's also beauty in speaking your truth. And we both are finally doing that.
0: We are. And I think there's beauty in nothing sometimes. I found that in my life, I've shed a lot of things. The material aspects of my life, the bailing on the corporate world, so to speak, to the extent that I've done that, to really pull back and focus on my spiritual self and really simplify my wants and needs and my perspective on my own life and my perspective on the world has been a really beautiful thing for me, this calm, this sense of peace that I have. I've never felt anything so beautiful as to not have the anxiety that I had before, the noise, the chaos, and to make that transition and to to find this beautiful place of general peace and calm.
1: I found some of that by speaking my truth. And when I got confident enough to speak my truth, I also got confident enough to let people know that my truth is important. Nobody's going to edit me anymore don't don't rewrite my story for me because i'm i'm going to speak my
0: truth and it's beautiful when people will accept that message from you that when they they accept you as you and they accept your message as well
1: yeah again i have a quote <laughs> to end this this beautiful podcast it's a quote by elizabeth gilbert you were given life it is your duty And also, your entitlement as a human being to find something beautiful within life, no matter how slight. And there you go.